the Al Dente podcast. This week is a special episode where we'll be talking about CPD courses. Nextlec is a company based in Adelaide that lists and shares professional development courses, trade shows and conferences by various leading education brands. Along with Delina and Ella from the pub's portfolio, I'm joined by the head of media and communications at Nextlec, Nextlec Sky Sia. Thank you so much for joining me on the pod today, Sky. No worries at all. I'm very happy. Oh, okay. So we'll start off the episode by asking Sky some questions about CBD. And then after the break, Sky will ask us some questions. So, Ella, do you want to start us off? So I guess the first thing to know is what actually are the CPD requirements for dentists um, and how can we make sure we're fulfilling them? That is a really good question. The CPD courses are continuing professional development courses, which are part of the requirements from the Dental Board of Australia. Regarding the requirements, um, the details are available on the Dental Board's website which um, requires a minimum of 60 hours of CPD courses participation in the cycle of three years with a maximum of 20 hours of nine scientific-based courses and a minimum of 80% clinical or scientific-based courses. Is that clear or do you want me to clarify anything? Um, I guess a question I would have is how do we know whether a course is scientific or not scientific? Yeah, that is a very good question, actually. Um, I can't provide a concrete answer on that because it actually depends on each different courses. Um, And some examples of nine scientific-based courses are like legal-related or practice management-related or just uh, some general skills related. And I would suppose that scientific-based courses are more in a specialized area and related to dental practice themselves. So regarding the details and specifics of it, I would suggest that you check out on the course, individual course websites before registration and see if they would meet a scientific or nice scientific standards. Uh, okay, so even just by describing that, we can have an idea of like just how broad CPD courses can be and exactly like all the different range of topics that can be covered. Yeah, so a range of um, different courses that can be covered, um, including what I have mentioned, practice management courses, and also even health and well-being courses for dentist practitioners. Mm. Um, there are a lot of those were out there. Um, some are organized by the associations and there are some very good independent course providers out there as well. And um, But the majority of them are specialized courses in different dentistry-related areas, such as um, implantation and orthodontics and even like clear liner. I think that's one of the emerging mm-hmm. ones that's out there in the recent years. Okay, awesome. Moving on to our next question. Yeah, so um, when we are choosing our CPD courses, how do we even know which CPD courses are right for us? And also, what are some factors we should be considering when we're choosing a CPD course? That is an amazing question, but I would actually like to throw that question back on you guys a little bit. Um, 
So um, what do you think that you would like to get out of the CPD courses? What kind of skills and what kind of um, support that you would like to receive at this stage of your career or like pre-career? Um, I feel like as I've do, um, continued through the dental degree, I've become like a learner someone who learns a lot through actually doing stuff. So like the technical and um, like, yeah, actually doing stuff. Um, so I feel like I would appreciate more offline courses. Um, for example, sometimes in the AUDSS, we recently had like an endo access workshop where we actually had the chance to actually practice on natural teeth with a supervising specialist endodontist. Um, so that's how I learned a lot of the things that I've learned by actually doing things, yeah. That's great because um, there are different types of courses out here, including what you said, offline courses, but a lot of them are providing online courses as well because, because of COVID actually, COVID actually, displaced a lot of this um, course educators, um, which forced them to kind of move offline courses online. But since the pandemic has declining recently, well, hopefully, um, so a lot of the practitioners or educationers are actually moving it offline again. So you should be able to expect more and more offline courses being provided um, in CPD area. And also um, there are courses that are provided by local educators as well as international educators. So that is really interesting because what NAPSAC, one of the main things NAPSAC is trying to do is that we're trying to connect um, local practitioners and professionals with international educators, especially in the Asia Pacific region because it's very hard sometimes to find a good course that is out of your country that requires a lot of traveling and you need to have this level of trust in finding a good course that because all of this uh let's be honest it's um there's a quite high budget out there and um you would probably willing to find a course that you know that is right for you before you actually go there so um that is some of the factors that would impact, I would say, your choice of a CPD course is that um, you find the right channel and you make sure that you can trust the provider. Also, um, other, other factors that when you want to consider when you're choosing a CPD course include some of these courses are one-off, um, including seminars and conferences, which requires you to be there for one day or maybe a couple of days, but a lot of them are actually ongoing. So you would be attending this course over, let's say, a month of time or like several months of time even, where they held one one unit in on each day in each month or each week, depending on the educator's availability and also your availability. So that is one. That is another another CPD course, which is more on an ongoing basis. And that really needs to fit into your time schedule um, and your needs because that requires some long-term planning. Um, also, another factor is you need to make sure that you are in the right field for you. Um, 
like if you are a new grad, I would say probably there are some really high specialized courses out there that you might not um, that might not be right for you at this stage. And also, I I think you are, I'm not really sure about this. So you guys must have your specialized areas in practice in the future. And um, sometimes it's good to mix it mix it up a bit. But sometimes you would love to stay in your lane, and I don't know. So it's like it's completely up to the the practitioner themselves in choosing the right course. But these are some of the factors that are good to consider. Yeah, so it sounds like there's definitely a lot to consider and there's so many different courses available. Yes, um, there are. Yeah, so I guess going back to um, international and overseas courses, mm-hmm. what should um, practitioners be looking at or considering when consider- when um, yeah considering doing an overseas CPD course? That is um, really interesting because, like I said, first, the most important thing is that you should be able to trust the provider. And sometimes it's hard. And actually, I would like to tell you a little story about like my boss, like how he come to find Netflix. Um, because um, the thing is that um, when he was doing some kind of CPD courses overseas, he find it very hard to find a reliable system that enables him to um, find a course, pay for a course and go there. Um, like there's just no systematic systematic, I would say, a platform out there that can list all of the options and like enables him to look through them. So that's how he basically built Netflix to provide this platform where you can where he can enable practitioners to go on the journey of learning, exploring with the ease of mind that they can trust, actually trust the provider out there that's providing the course because we only work with the trusted educators who are very experienced in this in the field. Um, so trust is definitely the most the one the first significant thing that you need to consider. But other than that, I would say a lot of other factors come into play here. So you have a budget that you need to keep in mind um, because the course themselves sometimes can cost a certain amount of money. But when you're traveling overseas, you need to also consider your traveling cost, your transportation, your accommodation and all of that. And if you're there for a conference, for example, if you stay there for a couple of days, you might want to stay a little bit longer just to explore the place. So maybe factoring in that in as well, which leads to actually your schedule. So when you're going overseas, it's um, sometimes not just a one-off thing. It's not, not just a one-day thing. You need um, a week or or even more than a week, depending on the course, the length of the conference, the length of the course. For example, we'll have some educators providing education weeks, which is um, which is provided by ITI. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them, but they're a pretty big um, international implantation institution. And they provide um, education weeks. So it's a whole week of content. And you might need to factor in more than a week for those kind of events. Um, and other than that, I would say probably coordinated with your wish list of traveling because 
some of his places, some of his educational conferences are uh, in places that are really interesting to visit. So a lot of them, especially across Asia Pacific region, in Thailand, in Singapore, in Malaysia, and you might want to maybe do a little bit of research and see like if you want to travel to some of these places and see if that tick any box for you. And also, I would say, check out the content, check out the speakers to see if you are interested in, like, if these are the right content for you, if it suits your speciality, if it suits your level. And I think one of the most important things to consider that sometimes we overlook is actually the local networking. So, for example, I would suppose... Um, you guys might want to work in Australia in the future, but you might also want to work in some other countries after your graduation. So if you have those plans, maybe consider like setting up yourself for a local network um, that you can maybe keep in contact with before, like even during your study and after your graduation, when you try to relocate to that country, you have a local network which can support you already. So that is one of the the things that actually add into the CPD courses that you might not think of, but that's a really good thing to consider. Yeah, you bring up some. Oh, you bring up some excellent points that I have definitely not considered before. Like I haven't really thought about um, whether um, I want to go internationally and when. And yeah, I've never considered that it would definitely help doing CPD courses internationally and actually setting up a good networking um, community there. Yes, yes, because professional networking can provide you with, for example, you can get connected to the local associations mm -hmm. and you can connect, get connected to the local practitioners and understand the different regulations or probably standards um, that is different from what you learn in an Australian university. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about, like how I guess CPD could also be a networking opportunity on top of like what you're getting out of the course itself. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I guess also along those lines, what are some other benefits that you can get out of CPD? That is um, really good because like I said, networking is one of the um, most important thing out there, but also CPD can help you to, I would say it's a good opportunity to maybe explore some of the areas that you wasn't, you, you weren't so familiar with beforehand. So like I said before, you have your, your probably I would assume that you would have your specialized areas, um, in your dental practice, in your school. And, um, but other than that, so you, CPD courses can either help you to get the knowledge um, within your specialization, to get some knowledge that um, are out there that you're not familiar with, that you haven't heard of, some new ideas from international researchers, from experts that um, you have never come across before. So that's a good opportunity to get to, get to obtain this knowledge that, that you're unfamiliar with. But also it is a, a good opportunity to maybe expand a little bit on your 
on, on your areas. So you might come across a concept or a field that you didn't know that you would be interested in, or you didn't know that um, you would have a passion for. And that is a good opportunity to actually learn about those areas and learn a bit about yourself that you didn't know before. So I would say it's a good opportunity to help you to unleash your potential to discover something about yourself that you have not realized before. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think we learn a lot of the strong basic foundations, but there is a lot of dentistry that um, isn't covered in dental school because the course, unfortunately, is only five years. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there um, that, yeah, we will hopefully learn in CPD. So um, we've talked about the requirements for CPD and also how to choose one that suits us. Um, so now that we've now that we've got a CPD course that we want to do, how do you think we should prepare for our CPD courses? Yes, preparing, I would say, is really important if you want to get the maximum results out of your CPD course. So let's start from some of the basics. I would say make sure you check out when it happens, where it happens, and what is the content of the CPD course. So those basics are actually like simple. Just check them on the course page and you'll be able to get them and how much they cost. And do you need to organize your own accommodation or is it arranged or um, just the basic things like that? Because you don't want to be there to find out that you actually need to organize your own accommodation um, and you're caught, caught off guard. So I would say check out the basics and make sure that um, you have your journey planned, you have everything in check. Um, and regarding providing, uh, regarding preparing for the CPD themselves, I would say where you want to start with is actually you want to start with your own objective. So you want to give yourself uh, an idea or an objective about what you want to get out of this course. What is the main reason that you're attending this CPD course? Um, what's, what do you want to learn from it? Or what skills do you want to develop? Or even what, what kind of a professional network you're looking to build um, based on this event? And that is something that I would suggest you write down before you attend the CPD courses. So make the objectives really clear and keep them in mind so that you wouldn't be wasting your time at the when you're attending them. And another thing is to research a little bit on the topics that you're interested in. For example, if you're attending a, a conference, there might be a lot of different um, presentations throughout the day. And when you are looking into the ones that you're interested in attending, maybe research the topics, um, read, read up on them, and even come up with some questions that you have around this topic that um, you think might be covered within the presentations. And also because there are always a Q&A um, time uh, in each workshop you know, or after each presentation. So you might want to have a question for that, that part and you can present your questions to the professionals that you're really looking, you're really looking forward to listen to. And 
also research a bit on the speakers themselves as well. Um, see if their research area actually aligns with what you think they're doing and see if, um, if their style is, um, is what you're comfortable with because I'm pretty sure like, um, in the, the, in the education process, we sometimes come across like people who talk and talk and <laughs> we somehow we're just not attracted to them. Like, um, we just don't have that like connection on the personal level. And if you have that personal connection with a speaker, even before you attend the event, that is really amazing. So bridging, bridging over on that, I would say if you're, preparing to do some networks on that event, I would suggest to research actually um, your the speakers and your fellow attendees on the social networks that, that um, you, you normally use and see who's attending the event, see whom of these attendees you would really like to speak to, you would really, really like to make a connection with. So, um, and also how to you introduce yourself, um, how do you basically come back to the objectives. What is your objective in attending these courses? And can you find any like-minded people there? So those are all of the things that you can consider when you are preparing to attend uh, a course and you can be make sure that you get the most of, out of it. That's awesome. So it sounds like we need to start setting up our LinkedIn accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I guess like kind of linking. Sorry, back sorry. Can I just ask a question? Yeah, yeah I find that a lot. Not a lot of medical professionals are on, on, on LinkedIn. Are you guys just too busy to be on there or something? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I think I'm considering getting one set up in final year, but I don't yeah. know if because um, I find that with the medical profession, um, at least in my experience so far, still as an undergrad, um, networking isn't as important as say, for example, if you do business or accounting where you're trying to get into those, I think, big four companies, I don't know anything about that. But I think, yeah, like with dentistry, it's a bit more like um, just who you know rather than like trying to go to all these networking opportunities. At least that's what I've experienced. All right. So it's more important that. And also I think it's special for medical health healthcare professionals because you guys have associations where it's like a natural networking thing going on. So mm. yeah, and your guys are definitely way more way too busy to be attending all of the networking events. <laughs> that's yeah. why that's why <laughs> conference is actually a good spot to get to know people out of your mm. daily life, daily routine. Because those are not exactly networking events, but you do get to know more people and maybe you can get some interesting ideas in. Yeah, yeah. We had like the Adelaide Dental School Research Day recently and that was, I think that would have been like a networking event and you get to see all the different postgrads and honours mm. students and get to talk to all the um, supervisors as well, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah that's so interesting. <laughs> oh, so, and also um, building on that, I would say um, when you get a network like um, situation going on when you get to know someone maybe stay connected to the educator and stay connected to the fellow practitioners so that you can keep discussing your interest interested topic and mostly most importantly I would say forgot to mention that but it's very important that you actually implement what you learn from the CPD courses because implementation is sometimes something that we actually overlook but it's very important to actually do, um, put that into your practice, which I have learned. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are there any other tips for that you have for getting the most out of CPD courses? Yeah, I guess I've I've covered most of it already. But yes, because um, I think it's just really important to maybe um, revise and think about how you can best implement those um, those things that you learn in your actually daily practice. And also, I would say, like you have said, some offline practical um, workshops are probably more beneficial than listening to a presentation, for example. Of course, those are beneficial in their own ways. They expand your your, your field. They expand your ideas about what's out there and they present you with the newest research, um, newest results. But um, I would say hand-on workshops are definitely a very good opportunity for you to get to get to see how the knowledge that you've learned can be actually put into practice. Mm. So I guess we've talked quite generally about CPD courses. Um, yes. But we're obviously all in dental school right now and we're probably looking at what we can start out with. So what are some popular CPD topics for new graduates? That is such a good question and it's such an interesting question because um, to be honest, I want to throw that back to you again. <laughs> I want to know what you guys want to learn regarding your skills, regarding the support that you want to receive uh, as a new graduate or as a student even. Um, what are you looking, looking to get out of the CPD courses? Yeah, I guess it's important to think about like where if you reflect on your experience in dental school, where you feel like the gaps may have been in your education or the things that you are struggling with moving into private practice. So I guess it differs from person to person. Yeah, I think like, like um, for it depends probably where you practice. For example, like if you're rural um, and you've got a patient who comes in with a really weird lesion um, and the patient doesn't want to go back to Adelaide or wherever the nearest metro city is, then you probably need to learn how to take a biopsy of a soft tissue lesion and what type of biopsy to take. Um, or if you are in a, maybe if you're more located, more metro and the patients, they are very anxious, then maybe you need to learn more about nitrous oxide and how to use it or also like the oral um um, medications that can be taken or if you're more metro definitely you'll have more patients who are more interested in clear aligners which I don't think is something that um, we get practical experience on in the undergraduate um, level or maybe even um, bleaching as well I'm sure that's very popular um, in metro regions so it depends probably what practice we're located um, but those are some of the things that I think I would be interested in learning Yeah, that's really interesting because, um, like you have said, it depending on where you where you practice and like what kind of patients you're facing, your skills actually vary a lot. Like you don't have the, it doesn't require the same set of skills. So it's really really hard to say like as a new grad what kind of courses should you attend. And I have also heard that. Um, sometimes it's it's hard for new grads to really get into a highly specialized course 
um, where like they get in to get the results and get 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 in on the newest research results, and those are like a little bit far away from where you practice. So that can be pretty hard to, as we get back to the implementation process. So you might have the information, but you don't know how, what to do with it. So it's way better to just get something that you know you can put into practice right away. There are actually a lot of providers out there who provide, they describe what as um, grant level courses. So that are just right for um, the new graduates. One of them is um, in Australia, is HC. So Australian hand-on courses, um, or yeah. So they provide the they provide the basic training skills and the basic practice um, workshops um, where you get to actually do some hand like work with your hand, <laughs> and um, you get to practice on on the um um during the workshops. So I would say those you probably would want to consider more practical courses where you get to um, um, really put in the skills that you have just learned. So maybe consider some of those ground level courses where you get to um, do the practice yourself. And also when you consider the topics, there are specialized courses, there are generalized courses. So when you're approaching a topic, maybe you want to approach the generalized courses first, just to get the basics, get to know like what the framework looks like, and then you can get into the specialized courses later in the later stage of your practice, so that um, when you get when you know like which areas you would like to stand on. And another interesting thing is that um, you can look at some of the general skills courses which are courses that um, actually educate new grads or near grads on how to communicate effectively with your patients and how to communicate effectively, effectively with um, other staff around the facility. So that is some, a, some kind of very interesting course to take as well. But when taking those courses, one of the important things to consider is that Again, we come back to the standards. Remember, like there's a maximum of 20 hours of nice and scientific practice. So just think about if that falls in falls in line with those or scientific practice. So I would say all of these factors uh, together. And in summarize, I would say probably for a new grad, it's better to take a generalized and more practical course. And uh, just in in your specialized areas or in whatever area you think you need the most. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of um, topics for CPDs, you know, from generalized to specialized to um, communication, just quite a lot um, to take into. So where do you think are some like good places to find CPDs? Ah, well, um, I would say say Nextlack is definitely a good place to find your CPD courses because, um, like I've said, Nextlack only provides quality training programs provided by the trusted educators who are experienced and knowledge knowledgeable in their fields of work. And we work with international educators um, across the Asia-Pacific region to find the best quality, like the, the industry-leading courses um, that um, that are in different fields and they're just right for, I would say, 
intelligent professionals and career-driven professionals and uni students at all stages of their careers, to be honest. And what NAPSAC is trying to do is that we want to form a learning community and help professionals to strive to explore together and to learn together in the fields. And when you have this community um, with educators and like-minded professionals and practitioners, you get more motivations in learning and you can you, you get a you get a sense of trust, you get a sense of um, excellency. So I think NextPack is a very good platform, not just a platform, but also a community for learners. Awesome. I think sometimes in dentistry, it can be a bit isolating when you're just in the cubicle, at least right now um, in fourth year, it's not very common that we have a dental assistant. So it's, um, I think another good point that you've raised is that um, CPD, it brings a sense of community um, to the profession as well. So um, our last question is, how should new grads approach CPD differently to more experienced dentists? Um, And yeah, that's about, yeah. Yeah, how should new grad approach CPD comparing to more experienced dentists? I would say, again, it is important for new grads to consider where they want to specialize in, which areas they're more interested in, and maybe approach it from a more generalized angle comparing to like highly experienced professionals and get the framework right, get the basics right, and also get into some of the courses that provide you with an opportunity to actually do some hands-on work to put your put, your, put the skills you have learned into practice, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, that brings us to the middle of our episode. So we'll have a word from our sponsors now. Wright Evans Partners, the dental, accounting and finance specialists. Our people are here to assist you in every step of your career. Whether you're a student, dentist or business owner, we have the tools and the experience to see you succeed. Our dental graduate program provides you with a complimentary tax return or business activity statement and a financial health check to help you kickstart your career. Contact us today via our website, Facebook and Instagram or on 8208 Four triple seven to start planning your financial future. Web with you every step of the way. Yeah. Now we're back from the break. Sky, do you have any questions for us? Oh, definitely. Um, I have so many things that I want to learn from the new grads or near grads or dental students. I have so many questions to ask you guys. So uh, one of them is that how familiar are you with the concept of CPD before our session today? And what kind of things do you know about it? That's an interesting question because obviously I've learned a lot about CPD just through listening to you recording this podcast. Um, But before today, I would say that as a student, I actually knew very, very little about CPD. Um, Like sometimes I'll see courses for CPD advertised on Facebook where they're hung up around uni or at work. Um, But it's not a topic that has been explicitly discussed in any classes that I've been to. I don't know if either of you two have talked about it in class. You're obviously a little bit older. No, doesn't look like it. Um, So I jotted down a few things that I knew about CPD before we came in today. Um, I knew that there were requirements for dental professionals to complete a certain number of PD hours. 
um, to maintain their registration, but I wasn't really sure about how many hours that was. Um, you mentioned 60, Sky. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it's 60 in the three-year cycle. So mm -hmm. um, there's a time frame there as well. And just on that, um, I would also like to say that uh, a lot of the website of different dental associations, you will be able to find templates of logbooks where you can keep your keep track of your CPD programs. So what you have attend, how many hours there are, what they're on, things like that. That's good to know because it sounds like it's a lot to keep track of if you don't have something like that. Um, so I think that your CPD might have to be certified or approved. Um, I guess that's something that maybe NextLake is involved in, in terms of making sure that you're going to accredited courses. That is actually a very good question because um, I would say that the credit courses are like there's definitely like a lot of um, a lot of administrators and administration side of it to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I am actually. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm in the position to to like discuss the accredibility. So I would say like all of the all of the organisations we work with within Australia are definitely like registered and trusted organisations. Um, and I would say you would you would be able to actually find probably more like specifics on the website itself because there are probably a lot of. Um, details around it that I would prefer not to get it not get to get into to be honest <laughs> too technical no but it's, it's good to have like a, I guess a platform that you can go to and check out um that certain yes, courses yes. are like and reliable also, yes and also this standards are different across different countries because we mm -hmm. work we work cross borders so I know that uh, at least they're very different in um, different countries so um it's really important to check out like within the country that you want to work with, uh, work in, I would say Australia definitely at, the, at this time. So check out the specifics and make sure that all the standards are met before you register for a course. Mm -hmm. um, something else I wrote that I know about CPD is it can be offered by like a wide different range of, I guess, um, administrators so we kind of touched on that a bit earlier in the podcast like how you can go to you can pick your CPD based on who's running it um, and I think that can be by like companies or it could be run by individuals yes yes there are many many organizations and um, educators out there who provide CPD programs mm -hmm. yes sure um we talked a little bit about new grad courses. I know there are certain courses that sort of target new grads. I keep seeing one advertised at the moment. I don't know if you guys have seen any. It's like a, a new grad conference. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, that, um, that new grad, new grad, um, it's called Recent Graduate Conference, I'm pretty sure. It's actually organized by the organization that I mentioned before, HC. So it's just for um, recent grads or like new grads. Uh, or like who are students who are like almost graduating, and um, yeah, that is that is a conference. But I I believe I have seen the posters around campus as well. And Netflix actually works with some, and um, we probably will like talk to them in the future and get more details out of them 
in like in the interview or something. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess one other thing that I wasn't sure if I know this about CPD or if it's a bit of a misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, CPD being able to provide you with accreditation to complete treatment that's, I guess, not in your degree. Um, so things like implants, nitrous oxide. I know that's like dentists who graduated in the past didn't used to have OPG accreditation. And I don't know if going to CPD courses can give you that kind of extra qualification, like broaden your scope of practice. Oh, right. Um, I would say, again, the most important thing is to actually check all of this Mm -hmm. out in the course information before you register. But to my knowledge, yes, there are organizations out there who are able to provide you with credentials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that's something you have to take on a course by course basis. Yes, that's true. And also organizations based. So um, I would say definitely check out the specific information and see like like what the organization promised to credit you Mm -hmm. after completing the course. Yeah, yeah, that's something good to think about. And I guess that's everything that I, I knew about CPD before today. <laughs> that's actually a lot, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as you. Yeah. All right. So I think you had all another question, Sky? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually curious about, like, um, if Jingyang and Selena have some other, like, um, some, something else on top of what Ella just mentioned? <laughs> or not really? <laughs> I feel like Ella was pretty um, thorough. I, I didn't really yeah. know very much about CPD either. Sometimes we get um, professionals right. come in um, like after class and give like talks about yeah. stuff and they also promote their own CPD courses or for example I went to the dental students convention um, earlier this year and there were some talks that were also kind of related um, to CPD Um, but other than that I think right now at least um, we don't really cover too much about CPD I think it's just something that we we know is in the future like all our upper registration and everything like that but we're not thinking about that right now. Yeah. Right. So that's totally fine, and I totally understand why that is the case. Because, like you have, like you have said, it's more of a registration thing that happens in the future. So, um, on top of that, um, why? Like, of course, we have discussed a lot um, about why CPD is important because it actually is related to registration. So, like, um, I would like to know, like, why, like, do you think CPD is important to you personally? And if so, why or why not? <laughs> yeah, um, first of all, I think it def- it's definitely quite important. Um, I feel like personally, you know, helps you to pick what's best for you. So you can kind of reinforce the skills you already have or just enhance your skills further or even just improve in any shortfalls you have. So, um yeah, and you can also just ensure you, you know, have further learning and you can upskill, update any existing skills. And I think this all ties into giving your patient um, the best treatment you can. Um, yeah, and from my very limited understanding as a student, so just correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, seminars and webinars and conferences kind of allow you to 
explore like a range of different topics. So you just attend and you can listen to um, experienced instructors just give their insight into their expertise. expertise. And so you kind of take it all in and you kind of process it. So you have like a well-rounded knowledge um, and so you can be up to date with your research and uh, like I said before, you know, just provide the best quality care for your patient. But um, I think if you want a stronger focus on a specific topic, you can um, go into like some online courses where they would offer lectures or like modules, like a bit like uni in a way, kind of, I guess. Would that be, would I be right in saying that? Yes, you're totally right in saying that. Like there are so many different types out there. Like you have uh, seminar conferences. They will be able to provide you with like, information related to one topic but there are also like modules that you can complete like over time like which are like another form of CPD so yes yes you're totally right in that and that is um both of them both of them have their own values and they can help you in different ways yeah so um tying into what I said before I think um, having like a range of different types of CPDs like online and on-site it kind of really caters to everyone who has like different styles of like learning so like you know some people learn better just kind of taking in the knowledge taking in um, like people's speeches and whatever and some people learn better um, by practical hands-on activities like Jing Yang said before so especially with online you know you can kind of learn wherever you want and kind of accommodate to your own lifestyle or schedule so you'd have like increased flexibility and you kind of like pace it yourself whereas if it's on site um you know it's a bit more personalized and you can get more hands-on experience you can also like you like sky you said before how you can kind of use it as a way to network with other like-minded professionals as well so you can kind of work on your practical skills network and also you can get immediate feedback because, um, you know, you have like guidance at the place. So, yeah, I think it really um, caters to everyone with all like the different types of CBDs so that, you know, you ensure that like everyone can learn whatever style they prefer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that kind of leads to my next question though. Um, do you guys have your preferred form of CBD? Like just imagine that, if you want to, if you're going to attend a CPD, what are your preferred form? Like, is it online and offline, international or local? Is it one-off or ongoing? And like, what's main factors also that affect your preferences? Um, I feel like even with, um, for me at least, I preferred um, offline. Um, I think that's what made me struggle a little bit when we started Unique on online with COVID and then everything was like, it was very difficult to wake up for all the Zoom. Oh no, lectures. I would imagine yeah. it's so hard on dental, <laughs> your dental students because your course actually requires so much practice, hand-on practice mm -hmm. and having something online, it's just very hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we tried to do like um, little activities um, that would help us still develop our hand-eye coordination skill. Wow. Um, but it was, I feel like through that process, it's helped me realize that I'm definitely more of an offline um, type of person. Mm -hmm. And I think as you've touched on like dental students, um, or at least in my experience, I'm a very hands-on learner and um, I like practical stuff. So I think that's 
um, a practical component to the CPD course would um, be very important to me. Um, and whether it's local or international depends on the area of the specialty. Like some areas would definitely be more developed overseas, whilst others would be well developed here in Australia. And I think for me personally, um, I would prefer a series of lectures rather than one soft. That way I can really reflect on how I've learned as well as um, if we do take into consideration that CPD has a networking component, you can really have um, create stronger relationships over the duration of the course. Exactly. like That's just like having some new classmates like in uni or something. <laughs> Yeah, what, what about you guys? What about you guys, uh, Delena? Um, I think I'm definitely like Jing as well. Like I do like practical like stuff. I think it just comes with being a dental student. Like you're just there's so much of a practical component in dent and like doing so much of it, you know, you get like you you get more into it and you get really curious about what are the other methods you can like use and like you're so interested in all these other techniques that like um, dentists are doing in their own private practice, but like, you know, we can't exactly do it in school because, you know, it's only limited to five years and there's limited equipment, limited resources. So I feel like I do have like a lot of curiosity for like what are some other techniques or materials we can use. And I'm definitely interested in like international like CPD. I didn't even know there were a thing before this podcast episode, but now that you've um, brought it up, I feel like it's so, it would be so interesting to kind of go overseas and also um, not just learn about uh, the dental industry in Australia, but learn about how the dental industry is um, in other countries. Um, you know, like what are their uh, like values and principles in practicing dentistry, how other countries do it, and also just networking with other um, people, like other dentists um, that have done their dental studies in other universities so you know they probably have a different way of doing things and I think that'd be really interesting so yeah. Yeah I'm so glad you have mentioned that because um, that is actually one of the reasons why network is out here because we've noticed that a lot of the CPA courses are local based and um, we would just like to bring in that international scene to basically enable our practitioners in Australia to know that there are more different um, conferences, different events out there around the world and um, enables them to get the opportunity to get there if they want to. It also just sounds like a really good excuse to travel. Yes, that is, that is true though. <laughs> Need a good reason. I guess for me, um, from a different perspective, I would much rather have a CPD that had a single focus or mm. focuses that were very interrelated rather than going to something like a conference that had multiple different speakers, even though that's obviously a good opportunity to, I guess, broaden your knowledge. Um, I don't like to multitask too much, so I would rather focus on something in depth rather than have to be thinking about learning so many different new things. Um, yeah, and I guess along that same line of thought, I definitely prefer structured learning. So maybe I would prefer to go to something that had multiple different sessions so that each one could be focused on a different aspect of the same topic and then you it's very clear in your mind um, the different things you're learning about. Really interesting, like um, ongoing and ongoing hand-on courses, like what you're after. Mm -hmm. So that I think that 
kind of answers the question that you guys have asked me before, in, um, which is like, what's, what are the courses that new grads pr- pr- prefers to take? And I think yeah. we have an answer now. <laughs> Some hands-on courses that's <laughs> ongoing with modules. <laughs> Yes, um, so after that, I have another question. So um, which goes a little bit deeper from the last question. So from a student's perspective, what key skills or areas do you need to develop before going into work, do you believe? And how do you think you should, how do you think, like, where, where are you planning to find the support to develop the skills? Um, so I guess for me, um, probably just more word of mouth or what my dental school peers have done or what my mentor has done and other people in the practice has done. Um, maybe have a look at discussions or comments under the DPR posts. Um, with regards to what key skills and areas, um, probably um, if I work rural as well or even more metro, um, like being able to feel more confident doing surgical extractions. Um, and as patients retain teeth longer, um, then periodontal disease would definitely be um, a big issue. So learning how to like raise the flap and doing adequate debridement or even though um, sometimes like right now, I think the statistics even showed like um, kids dental decay is still on a rise. So kids will have to lose their will lose their teeth and then we need to maintain that with a space maintainer. So I want to learn how to do space maintainers. And then also as people, the population um, increases in weight and obesity becomes an issue, then TM uh, and stress as well, then TMD and sleep apnea will also be an issue. So learning how to manage that. So there's like a lot of stuff like in fourth year, I'm still not quite confident in managing um, and in under the public system, um, it's difficult to have those resources as well. That is interesting because um, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of courses in those areas on the market. And that's definitely something that we can look forward to bring into um, the CPD scene and that would probably benefit our new grads a lot. And what about you guys, Alan, Delena? Um, I guess in terms of what would maybe be looking for in CPD, um, I guess things that we don't cover in dental school, more so maybe not um, more advanced things like implants, but Stuff like, for example, under the public system, um, there isn't so much like aesthetic treatment. So that's a consideration. But then also, I guess, having the discussions with patients. I was talking about this, I think, with a tutor recently. You don't really have so much of a financial discussion with your patients. So I guess that would be an interesting um, non-clinical CPD sort of topic to cover about how to have that communication with your patients. That's really interesting. Yeah, I I think, I think um, so there are actually a lot of aesthetic-related um, CPD courses out there, like especially in Clear Aligner because it's such a rising industry in recent years. And um, But regarding having a financial discussion with the patient, I guess that's really interesting because dental dentistry do cost a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's something that, because I, I also work as a dental yeah. assistant and it's a discussion that I do see happening every day. Like it's a really big aspect of dentistry, but I guess mm-hmm. it's not 
something that we would think about um, before we graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. The communication skills are definitely something that is very important mm-hmm. to develop before you actually get into the practice, where you have to yeah, deal sure. with patients day in day out. <laughs> I think on that line as well, like um, in the undergraduate course, um, it's very hard to see patients over a long time. So you're not doing long term treatment planning. Like, okay, we'll put like a restoration on this, and then probably in a few years you need a crown. Like, that's not really something that we manage in as undergraduate students. So I feel like learning how to do long term treatment planning would be great as well. That's an amazing point. And actually, to be honest, a lot of the answers get really technical, and <laughs> like it's out of my out of my region of knowledge. But yeah, I, I really like hearing about them because these are these are so so interesting, and I think there are educators out there who would definitely like to know about this knowledge and to tailor the courses to our new generation of dentists. Sorry, is there is there anything you would like to add on, Delena? <laughs> um, no, I think Jingyang and Ella have said a lot. Um, but yeah, because we're quite limited by the de- the degree itself and also the resources we have access to. So, um, I definitely do like Jingyang's idea how um because I'm just starting to see patients this year, and um. You know, it's only for like a limited time. So, for example, if you're seeing, I don't know, maybe like teenage patients, like you're not really thinking about, oh, in several years when they grow up, they become an adult, like what other issues might they encounter? You kind of just think about the short term and you're like, okay, in a couple of weeks, we'll do this thing for you. And then, right, that's it, just close the course of care. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I think – we need to kind of learn to tackle before working because it's such a big leap going from dental school where you're quite limited to going into like the real life and doing real world dent stuff. So there's a lot to learn. I definitely think um, CPDs would help in kind of bridging that, um, that big jump and just kind of easing us into the workforce a bit more. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing point. And I think, um, although I would say like CPD is definitely like important in preparing you guys for this kind of um, skills that you might require, um, a lot of the skills can actually be acquired when you're on job as well um, as a practicing dentist, especially regarding the long-term treatment. I, I think you would probably like get an opportunity to explore that arena when you really get into the job and you're treating patients who are um, here long term and if you get to a clinic or something, you might have a senior dentist who has been practicing for a long time and they might they might have been treating a patient for several years already and you will be able to get some mentorship out of like your fellow dentists, um, practitioners and your seniors. So that is actually uh, another good way of doing CPD, which is clinical based. Um, so you like um although I'm here to although I'm here to suggest that CPD courses are good, but I think another way to do CPD is actually through like clinical practice. So that is um that is something that you might you might want to look into as well. Yeah, like 
a lot of our lecturers are saying that, you know, like dentistry is like lifelong learning. So, yeah, that's definitely true. You know, I think that it just comes true. with time and experience. But um, there's definitely a lot of resources like along the way to kind of help you. So definitely like how you're saying about just clinical experience and looking at senior dentists. Um, CPDs are part of it too, but also just discussing it with your colleagues, looking at forums and, um, yeah, and just looking at whatever resources you come across. Just it comes with time, I guess, and experience, yeah. Yes, it do come with time and experience. <laughs> so um, that was all of my questions for you, actually. Um, and is there any other things that we would like to add on or...? Um, I guess when you mentioned like um, clinical experience, um, how does that, is that something that we can actually write in our CPD hours? Like how is that, um, yeah, is that something that we can actually do as part of CPD? That's a really good question. And I would suggest that you look up the document on the Dental Board of Australia and mm-hmm. you might be able to get more information out of um, the documents because there are a lot of technical specifics that um, are within the document and you will probably understand it better than I do. (laughs) Did any of you guys, Ella or Delina, have any questions? Okay. I suppose if students are interested in finding out more about CPD, is that something that they can, is there like a a next website that has information or anything like that? Yes, Netflix is actually a website itself, netflix.com. Mm-hmm. And if you visit visit our website, um, you would be you would be able to find like different courses up there. But we also have a blog session, which is called Netflix Live, and you would be able to find the blog on the website as well. And in there, you would be able to find a lot of different tips on finding CPD courses. Um, introductions to different courses, different educators, and a range of different articles, basically. Good to know. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realise that blog would definitely be very useful for further information. Yeah, um, is there yes, anything else? check it out. And also, um, also NASRAC has a podcast as well, where we talk to different um, educators across industries because we we are like multi-industry in healthcare profession um, but we do have like a lot of um, interesting guests on our podcast and some of them are dentists so it might be very helpful to listen to some of their episodes oh awesome that's awesome is there anything else you'd like to add sky before we finish wrap up this episode um i think i think we're pretty good actually um just, just saying that um, NASAC is, um, we do provide courses from different countries internationally and all of them are high quality and trusted courses from uh, educators and highly trusted organizations who are like international organizations out there who has been doing CPD for, I would say, tens of years, decades, and they, like, they have thousands of students. And so they are definitely very credible. So it's a, uh, netfact.com is a good place to look for CPD courses if you're new to this area and you want to find some, some place that you can find a peace of mind that you don't have to worry about the quality, worry about like if they're reliable or not. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so that wraps up the, uh, today's episode. So we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the owners of the land we are privileged to record the Al Dente podcast on, the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the land, waterways and skies across Adelaide. We thank them for sharing and caring for the land on which we are able to share our experience and knowledge. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, and we share our friendship and our kindness. And also thank you to Chris, as usual, for um, editing this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to Our Dente through Spotify and Apple Music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.